0: This is Points North, a show from Interlochen Public Radio, where we hear about life in northern Michigan through the news, the people, and the places. I'm Dan Wanshura. Coming up later on the show, Traverse City has a new baseball team in town, and they're really good. The PittsBitters recently won 18 games in a row, but fans have been slow to make it out to the park to watch them.
1: Uh, it's too bad they don't get more attendance. I mean, I kind of wonder about it. Are they, are they going to have enough revenue to keep everything moving here
0: plus a review of kathleen stocking's collection of essays called from the place of the gathering light but first michigan's tart cherry crop is too big again this year about a third of the crop will need to be restricted that means growers can't just go and sell that portion on the open market peter payette has followed the cherry industry for ipr and he joins me now in studio hi there peter hi dan Peter, who sets these restrictions, and uh, what effect does it have on the the cherry industry?
2: The restrictions are set by the industry. There's a cherry industry board made up of people who produce cherries, and they have the authority to do this because growers have approved by vote this system uh, to restrict the supply. And they do that because the crop of tart cherries can swing wildly from year to year it's very the the fruit is very sensitive to uh, like spring frost and other weather events and so this is a way to control the supply does it work i think growers believe it works i think when you Uh, can have a year where you produce almost no cherries and then the next year produce hundreds of millions of pounds, the kind of volatility you would see in just a wide open market would be devastating. So uh, I think growers uh, believe this is an effective way to control supply. But the price of tart cherries is dropping for other reasons, mainly because of imports from Turkey. And uh, the value of a pound of tart cherries is down about 20% in the last three years.
0: Peter, this year, the restriction is 35%. That seems high. Is it?
2: That's a little higher than in recent years, but that's right in the range that we have been seeing. Bear in mind, it may change. They reevaluate after the harvest. And as we'll hear next week on Points North, there are a lot of disease problems this year. So they may have fewer tart cherries than they think. And then they would adjust that number and they might be able to sell more of the cherries that they harvest.
0: All right. We'll look forward to that report next week. Peter, thanks. Thank you, Dan. I'm Dan Wanshura. You're listening to Points North. A lot of fanfare accompanied the announcement of the Spitters baseball team coming to Traverse City. Billboards went up declaring new team, new fun. And free pocket schedules can be found at just about any gas station you stop at. But for all these efforts, and the team's recent 18-game winning streak, there's a lot of empty seats out at the ballpark these days. In their very first season, the Traverse City Pittsbitters have already accomplished what no other team in the history of their league has, win 18 games in a row. Last week, Drew Nichols and his girlfriend Andrea Clack decided to go to a game, but not really because of that winning streak they were interested in going to Bark in the Park night. Those are Drew's two dogs, George and Emmy. Now, Drew's not a huge baseball guy, but when he heard about Bark in the Park, he was intrigued. We came for the big atmosphere of all the dogs, and uh, I think it was a family decision to to come on Bark in the Park night. (laughs) The first place Pittsbitters are trying to elbow their way into a market that's already pretty full of options for tourists and residents in northern Michigan. But the new ownership says they can do it with good baseball on the field and fun promotions off it. Promotions like bark in the park and dime hot dog nights on Monday. That's Mickey Graham, the Pittsbitters general manager. So people can bring a buck to the ballpark and get 10 hot dogs. I mean that's that's it's a crazy promotion, but fans really enjoy it. But the spitters believe they gotta have more than just good baseball to get people coming out to the ballpark. It has to be a fun experience for people who normally wouldn't go to a ball game. So, they added more food options. There's more vendors in the concourse area, more craft beers on tap. Down the right field line, kids can see how fast they can throw a baseball at a blow up pitch speed station. In between innings, there's new acts to entertain fans like movie trivia. And if you bring your church bulletin to the game on Sundays, you get your ticket for half price. Sermons and strikeouts is what we call that one. Mickey Graham says it's about changing fan expectations from what they're used to. And that can simply take time. It's a rebrand,
2: uh, not only with the team name, but the experience that's going on here, the baseball. So there's a lot for us to educate Northern Michigan on. And, and so we're, we've been doing that. All right. We are getting ready down here for a bungee battle. The in-between inning stuff has been great. It's
0: just a refreshment. That's Todd Decker. He was at a recent game with his wife, Colette. They were season ticket holders with the beach bums and now with the pit spitters. Colette says one of the things she noticed right away this season was that you can now eat peanuts at the ballpark. You can put your peanut shells on the ground and it's okay. I'm not sure what a ball game is without peanuts. That was very exciting for a lot of us that had been here Another thing Colette has noticed is a big difference in the level of play. The Northwoods League, where the Pittsbitters play, is made up of high-level college players. In fact, just this year, after the University of Michigan made its College World Series run, a couple of players from that team were picked up by Traverse City. And the team has already clinched a spot in the playoffs come August. The Traverse City Beach Bums used to compete in the Frontier League. It was made up of a lot of guys who had been drafted by Major League teams, but then cut. Colette says the Pittsbitters are hungrier to prove themselves.
1: I think they have a fresh passion for the game um, because of where they are in their careers, and that really comes through with their play and their and their team enthusiasm.
2: Pittsbitter, third baseman coming into play to Andrew Morrow.
0: After 13 seasons up north, the Beach Bums were sold last fall. Fan attendance had been declining for the past seven seasons and The team had just come off its third straight losing season. When the Pitspitters came to town, the new owners promised change. But for all their winning on the field and engagement efforts off it, fan attendance is still down, significantly, compared to the Beach Bums last year. So far, with just 10 Pitspitters home games left this season, average attendance is down almost 1,000 people per game, at just over 1,300. But general manager Mickey Graham stresses he isn't too concerned about those low numbers to start out. The attendance has slowly been building.
2: It's not where we want to be yet, but we think it's going to be a couple of years before it really starts to, to take hold. Of what we're going to do tonight,
0: the PittsBitters finish off the Kenosha Kingfish, a team from Wisconsin, by a score of three to zero. Mickey Graham says he thinks it's only a matter of time before they're getting two, maybe three thousand fans in the ballpark each night. More 18-game winning streaks and Bark-in-the-Park nights might help. This is Points North. I'm Dan Wanshura. Kathleen Stocking is a northern Michigan writer based in Traverse City. Her latest book of essays, called From the Place of the Gathering Light, has recently gone into its second printing. Aaron Stander, the host of IPR's Michigan Writers on the Air, has this review.
1: Thirty years after Kathleen Stocking's book, Letters from Leelanau, was published to great acclaim, she's back writing about this special place, northwest lower Michigan. In her first book of essays, Stocking skillfully chronicled the human and natural landscape of the Leelanau Peninsula in the 1980s. She noted that the area was often compared to Avalon and King Arthur's Court at Camelot. And she warned readers that places that engender great hopes and dreams are often evanescent. Now, a half a century later, after teaching in distant lands and confronting third-world poverty and despotic governments, Stocking returns her gaze to Leelanau with a new collection of essays titled Gathering Light. Older and wiser, she reflects on the permanent and the changed. Over the last 30 years, Leelanau's population has increased by a third, with the average age now hovering at 55 years. There are new faces that make up the region. She profiles an artist, a winemaker, and a CSA farmer. With this collection, Stocking reveals herself to be a master essayist. She interweaves history, geography, and anthropology. In some essays, she employs time travel. Traversing the ice ages and noting how the glaciers of the past still mark the present terrain, the experience leaves the reader marveling at the region's natural wonders, but also aware of possible dire futures, with climate change looming in the background. In the final pages of Gathering Light, Stocking notes what's enduring and what's transitory and considers how humans' time here is but a few moments. Or as she puts it, relatively speaking, we are breath on a mirror. Readers, this collection of essays is worth your time. For Points North, I'm Erin Stander.
0: And that's a wrap on Points North this week. I'm Dan Wanshura, Morgan Springer is our executive producer, We'll be back next Friday here on IPR News Radio. You can also catch the show at pointsnorthradio.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.